Welcome to the pre-post film review. Year in review. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> um, so. Oh, yeah, I'm John. Oh, you are John, and I'm Matt. Yep. Um, so yep. this is our annual episode where we're kind of going to go back through 2016 and uh, mm-hmm. have a quick chat about our favourite film, um, favourite films and the best films. So the way we're going to do it is first uh, we're going to predict each other's films and then we will reveal what our actual choices yeah. were. So the categories are going to be uh, the best film of the year. So that's the film, not necessarily our favourite film, but the film that we think uh, was mm. most successfully executed, I guess, in terms of filmmaking and just yeah. filmically yeah. in general, even if we didn't love mm-hmm. it um, as much as some, uh, perhaps a film that was a bit more flawed. Uh, then we have our favourite film, which is I- exactly that, the film we love the most, even if it perhaps wasn't the best film of the year. Uh, and then given that we talk about trailers on the podcast, we're going to do uh, what we consider the best trailer of the year and the worst trailer of the year. And then perhaps just have a bit of a recap of anything we didn't get to talk about um, that we think is worth mentioning. Uh, so do you want to yeah. kick it off, John? Do you want to do you want to have a guess what my the, my pick for best film of 2016 could be? Yeah, I'd like to have a guess, and I'm going to. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so okay, best, best, best. I think um, yeah, this this is a bit tricky because I think. In some ways, your best and your favourite might be the same. Uh, not not that we we probably going to do that on this podcast, but I think uh, there is one film I have in mind that that could fit into either category for you. So I, I'm going to say that you think the best film of 2016 is La La Land because uh, you really like that. But I think we've talked about other movies that perhaps uh, sit more in your hearts. But maybe not. See, this could go into either one. But anyway, that's my guess. That's my official guess is La La Land. And uh, when you announce the winner, Matt, um, it's tradition for us to have... Yeah, they're going to be yeah, thrilled of, of, of winning best film. Yeah, Matt's best film award. <laughs> we'll send them a... Um, an email with a little JPEG on it that has your face and it yeah. says congratulations. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the timer here because what we normally do is have you have a minute to sort of gush and then uh, then we move on. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Sounds That's what good. we normally do, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So what, what what do you think is the best film of 2016? What do I think of the best film? I think the best film of 2016 was 100% La La Land. <laughs> um, okay. You are bang on, but. Having said that, I think for the sake of the podcast, and because we just did a full episode gushing over La La Land, mm. that I'll perhaps chat about a different film or something that would be up there with that. Oh, okay. As yep. my pick for best film. Just because if, if we announce it now that I think, hands down, the best film is La La Land. But if I disqualify that for now, my pick would be um, a film that we didn't talk about on the podcast, actually. Um, and mm. that is Anomalisa, the uh, Charlie Kaufman oh, okay. stop motion yep. animated film. And I guess that's another sort of reason that I wanted to bring it up is because we haven't had a chance to, to discuss it on the podcast. But and I don't think you've seen mm. it yet, so I don't want to go into anything too spoilery. But no, um, it is it is a tough film in many ways, and it's not necessarily a fun film. But I think it is a, another great example of 
film as a form being used to tell a story that couldn't exist in another medium, or at least not as well in another medium. And it, the way it uses images and uh, voice and sound in combination in a really unique way to illustrate a very specific type of not necessarily mental illness, but uh, like psychological condition is so unique and so powerful. Um, I think it's just perfect. And on top of that, it, it, the stop motion form in general is something that is uniquely cinematic and something that I love. Mm. And the way that he is somehow um, able to, make little stop-motion puppets feel more human and the interactions mm. feel more humane um, at a time than most... There's the timer. Keep the most going. real life... Oh, I can't turn it off. Oh, oh, John. Um, <laughs> yeah, the interactions and pe- the, the, the puppets feel more humane and lifelike than many real-life actors in films of 2016 is such an unbelievable feat that I've never sort of seen anything like that before. And in particular, there's like a... Uh, a puppet sex scene that is one of the most honest and uh, gentle kind of sex scenes I've ever seen on film and it's stop motion. It's crazy. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, that disqualifying La La Land, my pick would be Anomalisa. Which you Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I was really hoping to see it before uh, we did this episode. Um, I ran out of time. I don't really have an excuse, but um, I'm yeah, I'm dying to see that, and I feel like yeah, I would I would really really like it. Yeah, I think you would. So uh, thanks for that answer, Matt. Unfortunately, disqualified because you said two movies. <laughs> exactly. Get off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. okay. Best film. Yeah. What's your guess for uh, my pick? Well, see you. This is the trouble that we're going to be in because. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. If I had to pick what you consider the best film, I would probably pick La La Land for you as well for similar reasons. Like, I think mm. uh, you perhaps have something that's close to your heart. I have an idea of what I'm going to pick that's probably completely wrong. So, I, and given your reaction to La La Land last week when we did our, our bonus episode, I would think you're kind of on the same page as me. So, I'm going to play it safe and boring and say you're going to pick La La Land as well. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, th- I think La La Land is, is sort of up there very, very high for me. Um, but in sim- similar to you, I think um, I, I'm going to say something else. Cool. Um, uh, a movie that we talked about early this year that, that almost feels uh, like, like it was at the, it was so early in the year that I think it's been forgotten um, as a 2016 film, and it was released in Australia in 2016, but perhaps in 2015 in the states and maybe the UK. So it like straddled that line, yeah. sort of. Um, but that is the Hateful Eight. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Yeah, that is my uh, best film of the year. Uh, I think it's it's La La Land. It's up there with La La Land for me because it. It it has a similar, if not you know, extremely different the way it goes about it. But love for cin- cinema mm-hmm. um, and for filmmaking, as a lot of Tarantino stuff uh, does. But this took it to a whole nother level for me. And 
a huge part of it, um, which we talked about on our episode, was the experience of seeing this film mm. and the way it was like um, presented literally uh, with being on film, having an intermission, you get a program as you go in, if you happen to see that version of the film. Um, and that, that just blew me away. I was so, so in love with just the experience of seeing this movie. Um, uh, that I think it's... it. I mean, it probably mainly feel, uh, mainly appealed to film buffs like us, but I'm hoping that it also introduced a few other casual goers into how, how it feels to be... For, for a film to be special and the experience of watching a film to be special and something that we should care about mm. rather than, you know, I love sitting at home watching Netflix, but that's there's so much more to it than that. You know what I mean? Um, so that that's kind of my, my best film. For, I mean, and then, you know, you add on top, like, the actual filmmaking and the mm. writing and the acting. Like, it's just a tour de force of every all of that stuff like the score was great um i just think yeah it's just a very powerful in a completely different way to um la la land and uh, anomalisa uh you know this is obviously hateful eight's pulp like there's there's not a lot more to it mm. but in terms of film and film history and filmmaking it's um yeah it's way up there for me so that's my pick that's a great pick i love Best that i love that uh, the you're tying it back to the cinematic experience. I think that's such a key part of that film, and I yeah, I'm kind of I love that we both sort of swung that way in our own kind of ways, and it's about like yeah, cinema and literal totally. filmmaking, and yeah, there's no better example yep. I suppose than Hateful Eight, given it's what three hour intermission, seventy millimeter, get a program when you go in, like it's the uh, ultimate so film yeah. viewing experience. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Very cool. Nice one. Well, uh, so those are our picks for best film. Now we're going to move on to favorite film of 2016. We are. Uh, and as we described, that's sort of one that appeals maybe more to us personally, even if it has flaws or, um, you know, whatever. It just spoke to us on some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we, we sort of, I guess, always try to make it different from the best film just to challenge ourselves as well. So we don't just have one movie take out every sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. So having said that, then my guess, I, th- I think it's going to be easy. I, right. Okay. I, well, I, okay. But this is the other thing, man. This yes. is the other thing. A movie like La La Land can be so good that it, that it almost like doesn't fit into either category. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Because there's other more specific kind of examples. Or yes. something. So I'm tempted to say that again. Because then you can talk more about it. But what I'm actually going to say is 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> hey! Right. 2016. That's, a, uh, that's an interesting pick. And you're on the money in terms of La La Land. And I'm going to do the same thing I did in the first uh, question and say the answer is La La Land. But again, I feel like I should use this <laughs> as an opportunity to talk about something else. Um, I just love La La Land so ridiculously. It is it knocks everything out of both categories for me. Um, I couldn't, right, if I was honest right. to myself, I couldn't choose anything else. Though, having said that, um, there is a little bit of a question, like what you said with Hateful Eight, in terms of where it lands in t- terms of release date, because technically it's a 2017 film here in the UK, so I was unsure yes. whether I should even use that to begin with, but 
you know, it came out I last year in, in Australia and we've talked about it on the podcast. So I'm just Yeah, gonna, it's within our year. Exactly. It's and within gonna, the pre-post yeah, year. Exactly. And I'll name that both best and favourite for me. But like I did last time, I think um, there's something else I want to bring up that was almost as good or I loved uh, a lot as well. And that would be not 10 Cloverfield Lane, though. That was definitely in consideration. That was my second choice. Yeah. The one that I'm going to go for is Hunt for the Wilder People, which is something oh. we haven't spoken about on the podcast either. Mm. Um, and that, while not so flashy or cinematically sort of amazing, I guess. It just has such heart and uh, it's so much fun. And I, I can't think of another film that I had just was like grinning from ear to ear for basically the entire runtime of that film. Mm. Um, and it mm. sort of, it manages to straddle this line of warm sentimentality and like quirky humour without sort of falling too heavily into either camp. And it's just, it's so heartwarming and fun and funny and I don't know I just loved it so much and I, yeah. I guess Taika Waititi's writing as well like I've always liked all the stuff that he's done but I think this is by far the best thing um, mm. also I mean even though having just said that it's not that great in terms of filmmaking the, the, the end of that film when it kind of busts out and they get into that car chase and it kind of becomes a bit bombastic and the, the 80s synth music sort of kicks in. I, I almost got like a little bit emotional in the cinema then just be out of the like filmy joy of it. Mm. And I, mm. I guess a little bit too is um, having living in London and not being exposed to Australia. And I mean, it's a Kiwi film, but it's, it feels very similar. There is a little bit of sort of homesickness there as well, I think, where it reminds me of what... Mm. Especially given Australia's cinematic output isn't that great a lot of the time, or it's not allowed to sort of be anything more than small comedies or small dramas. This is a great example of a small film industry being able to produce something that feels big, not necessarily epic, yes. but big, and it can yep. it can punch, you know, bigger than higher than its weight, and it can transcend any cultural boundaries and just you know be a success all over the world, and it feels like it's part of a a bigger cinema system, not necessarily a small mm. Kiwi film, even though it has a sort of like Kiwi heart to it. Um, I, yeah, I just loved it to death. So that would, that would be my pick, um, for favorite film of the year. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great pick. It's a, um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant film. And, and the perfect pick for our category of favorite, because it's, yeah. it's really, um, as you said, it's full of heart and it's extremely charming, like one of the most charming films yeah. I've seen in a very long time. And um, yeah, it's just perfect for that. It's such a sweet, funny movie. It's great. Yeah. Um, right. So now I've got to choose your favorite. Uh, once again, John, you've stolen my thunder. I was going to pick 10 Clothes for Lay <laughs> for you. But okay, given that I'll try something different. The, the other film that I was tossing up between was uh, Moana. Given how much we like mm. that and your uh, love for Disney, um, I'm mm. going to choose Moana as your favourite film of the year. Okay. Um, it's not Moana, so you're wrong. Oh, Jesus. Um, no, I, I, Mo Moana wa was in consideration, but actually as I was looking over the year, um, Zootopia came out this year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that, that was sort of in the running mm -hmm. briefly in my mind. <laughs> um, 
And I and uh, Wilder People was up there and Arrival as well. Oh, Arrival! Actually. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, that that was a brilliant film as well. But uh, yeah, my I think my personal favourite film was Ten Cloverfield Lane this year. I'm gonna have to give it to that one. Um, similar in a way to what I was saying with Hateful Eight, in that just the experience of watching that movie was incredible. It 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 is totally a modern film but it felt very classic um mm. in its technique um very hitchcockian and very suspenseful and didn't re- rely on special effects until some very you know few scenes towards the end um yeah i was on the edge of my seat i thought the performances were great i think it was such a confident brilliant sort of debut from dan trachtenberg the director um and it just you know, I think we were excited for it, but it blew us away with how mm. great it was. Um, and that's always just such a such a great experience to have uh, in the cinema. And, you know, one that doesn't come along too often. So, um, yeah, I think uh, that uh, that's my That's pick a great, from, from great pick. I'm glad you brought that up because, like I said, that was I was tossing up between Hunt for the Wilder People and... 10 Cloverfield Lane and I ended up going with Hunt for the Wilder mm. People for the, the heart mm. in it but 10 Cloverfield Lane was yeah. so close behind that like that uh, yeah. such a great cinema experience and so assuredly done like the Hitchcockian suspense yes. was something yeah. I did not expect awesome. from a first time filmmaker like Dan Trachtenberg like mm. it was it's an impressive impressive first film so assured I can't yeah. wait to see his, whatever he does next yeah yeah me too okay so we've got the big heavy hitters out of the way Matt, now we're going to the small, small little trailer boys that are waiting for us. Uh, that sounded weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to start with um, best trailer. Um, what you thought the best trailer of 2016 was? Um, and we, we sort of, you know, it could mean many things. Yeah, I that's think. the kind of fun part. It's and hard to define. The hard part about this. Yeah. The podcast, right? Because that's right. It really is open, very much open to interpretation. Um, yeah. I mean, best trailer could mean the one that best represented the film, or it could mean. I think in previous podcasts we've sort of done the best uh, at holding back certain aspects. Like I think uh, Gone Girl was one of my favorite or my vote for best trailer because it sort of tricked me into thinking the film was something mm. in a really fun, interesting way. Mm. Um, I don't have anything that smart this year. I've sort of gone for just what I think the best trailer was in terms of how good it was constructed and how excited yeah, right. it made me. Um, yeah. So this is probably a bit of a boring pick, but I would pick the teaser trailer for Rogue One as the best trailer of the year. Yeah. Just because, I mean, it was quite unique in terms of the sound design and uh, mm. the way it was constructed. And it just completely turned me 180 on my views for that film. And I, I would, I'm usually averse to watching trailers and try to avoid them other than when we have to do it for the podcast. Um, and would definitely try and avoid star Wars trailers, but I just could not care less uh, about Rogue One and watch the trailer as soon as it was dropped online. And, um, it, it completely changed my views on the film and made me super excited. Um, mm. I mean, as we know, the film <laughs> didn't quite turn out to be, what I hoped, um, mm. but in terms of just trailer construction and excitement built from a trailer, um, 
uh, my vote has to go to Rogue One. Just the the, the end when that that siren kicks in is yep. great, bold trailer making. I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my pick. Uh, so what about you, John? What's your piss piss? What's your piss? <laughs> <laughs> My piss is in my bladder. Um, uh, well, it's funny you bring up Rogue One, Matt, because that was my pick right. as well. Um, yeah, and purely for the same reasons, yeah. I think, uh, just in terms of like, you know, sometimes we talk about trailers being like little little projects or little shorts in themselves um, that can have really great um, storytelling or filmmaking, I guess, in them. Um, and the Rogue One trailer definitely had that. I think it, mm. it set a really good tone and, um, yeah, just the construction of it was brilliant. And, yeah, I was, I'll was i echo everything you said. And um, the main point I was going to bring up was that trailer, uh, that trailer, that um, sound yeah. sound design at the end with the, the horn, um, which, um, yeah, you know, just set the whole sort of fanboy world on fire. I think that, that trailer made a huge impact. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, it got me got me really excited as well. Although the beginnings of the doubts started to come, That's true. I must say, for you at, at the least, same time. Yeah. Yep. For me personally, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think you know, looking over what we've talked about and other movies of sitting this year, I think that stands out for me uh, as the best trailer. Um, yeah, very yeah. well done. That is a good pick, and it's um, interesting too, like that that bold sound design choice. Uh, interestingly, I recently rewatched the original trilogy, um, uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars films, and that siren is present sort mm. of throughout every film as background yeah. noise, like you yes. know when something yeah. happens in one of the Imperial ships or Death Star or whatever. And it wasn't until that trailer that I even like noticed it was a Star Warsy thing, you know, and that was they oh, just brought it to the front and made it super prominent. Like I, it was to yeah. me, it was almost a shock when it first kicked in I had no idea what that noise was like it almost sounds like a scream or a uh, wail or something and then it yeah, starts yeah. to repeat and you realise it's a siren going off um, yeah I just liked that internal consistency and that it actually just highlighted a small piece of sound design that's always been present and sort of brought it to the front in a unique way yes it's really clever yeah clever yeah. trailer yeah, totally. making yeah mm-hmm. it's certainly not prominent in the film I don't think like in terms of being used in that sense so I'm sure I'm it's there sure in the background, but yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, <clears throat> good pick. Good pick, John. Um, right, what's next? Uh, worst. Worst trailer. trailer. Um, again, this is kind of tough because it just depends on how you interpret uh, the word worst. I think previously mm. we kind of have talked about how trailers misrepresent films in a bad way or, or mm. over... Uh, explain or show too much. I think The Martian was one last year just because it showed the yes, entire plot. showed of the everything. Friggin' film. Yeah. Um, so, I, my pick for Worst Trailer is going to be a film that we actually didn't talk about on the podcast, which seems to be a bit of a theme this episode. Um, <laughs> and that is the trailer for Passengers, which wasn't necessarily a film I was excited oh, for. That's but a good pick. The um, idea of a unique original sci-fi film with two superstars, Hollywood superstars, mm. uh, Chris, Platt, Chris Pratt and um, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, sounded great. And the trailer made it look like this kind of 
uh, romance that evolved into like a spooky sci-fi action film and there's kind of like taglines about why they were woken up and there was sort of this this looming sense that there was something sinister afoot and more of a sort of sci-fi conspiracy or something exciting and Mm. surprising was going to happen in the third act. Um, And then I went to see the film and it is not that at all. Um, And it's actually quite bad. But there is no mystery whatsoever. Uh, I don't know how much spoilers Mm. I can go into, but it very much is a a misguided romance film that sort of pivots on a, a character decision that is deplorable that could have been built into <laughs> something interesting, but it is yeah. pitched as a tragic romance that is so misguided and so silly. Um, and the trailer completely and utterly misrepresents it. And I think that is a deliberate marketing choice by the studio, given that the film, they probably saw the film and realized how bad it was uh, and then tried right. to get audiences excited by selling it as a, a spooky mm. sci-fi adventure when really it's a mm. creepy romance that doesn't work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Passengers would be my pick for worst trailer. Interesting, interesting. I, I have, still haven't seen it, um, but I know it's not getting great reviews. Um, but I but I have seen the trailer a few times. They showed it a lot uh, mm. at whatever I've been seeing recently. Um, and, yeah, I would say it's just a bad trailer because it shows so much of the movie. Um, but it's interesting hearing that, uh, what you're saying, because perhaps it's, it is, uh, misleading. It's very, very, it's surprisingly misleading. Like you think it shows a lot of the film, which it kind of does, but it does in a, so out of context that it almost doesn't show enough of the film in a weird way. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah. Avoid passengers, Mm -hmm. I would say. All right, John. So, what about you? What is your worst trailer of 2016? Uh, my worst trailer. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how well this one works, Matt. But um, I'm going to say Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh. Um, for a few reasons, I think uh, by the time the movie came out, there were like 50,000 trailers <laughs> for this thing, so they over over marketed it. I think. Um, and I, I also think it's, uh, in some ways, misrepresented the film, um, or at least, uh, at least framed it. I think as another adventure similar to Harry Potter, Harry mm. Potter, perhaps that was, we're going back to the Wizarding World, um, and it's going to be a light-hearted, fun adventure. Um, and they had some of the dark, darker stuff in there as well, um, but. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, we finally got the movie and it was just such a disappointment and really quite bad. Um, and nothing, you know, well, I think the thing that annoyed me mostly about the trailer was they had this sort of darker version of the Harry Potter theme playing over the top of it. Um, which did suggest we're going back to a similar thing, uh, you know, maybe slightly darker, but, you know, close enough and, Mm -hmm. um... Yeah, I just think in general everything about that film was handled quite badly, um, and so like even though, 
last year we talked about The Martian and that that's a more specific example of a bad trailer um, and your example of Passengers, I think, as well. But this is more, I guess, of like a general <laughs> screw-up of everything yeah. around the movie. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, that's 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 my vote. I, I mean, it's, it's not as strong as some of our other contenders, but it's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a great pick because it's sort of indicative of the industry as a whole and what is wrong with many of these big budget trailers in terms of just packing in as many hollow CGI sh- spectacle mm. shots as possible and over-explaining plot or under-explaining anything significant. You know, sort of you come out of that trailer confused with having seen a lot of buildings mm. be destroyed um, and, mm. like you said, misrepresenting the film in... The, in uh, an attempt to kind of pull in Harry Potter audiences by promising something that it's not. Like, it is the worst example of kind of corporate blockbuster marketing, I think. That's uh, a very, very good pick. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, th- I think you were a lot more articulate in explaining it. Well, so, good on you. Thanks. <laughs> um, um, so, perhaps we should just quickly go through some films that we're close to making our favourite or best, sort of the films we haven't got to talk about uh, so far. Um, the For me, you already mentioned 10 Cloverfield Lane, that's the most significant one, but the the others that were really high up on my list were um, Everybody Wants Some, the Richard Linklater film. Um, I really, really loved that, and that's probably the film that I've kind of most wanted to just hang out with those characters Again, mm. um, I just had such a great time with that film. Um, also, the documentary Tickled, which we talked about on the podcast, is very high up on my list. Um, mm-hmm. A couple that we haven't spoken about on the podcast, I would like to give a shout out to Midnight Special, the Jeff Nichols film, which I think got a little bit um, underrated and underseen. I think people expected something different from that, but I actually think it's quite a interesting and uh, kind of complex examination of belief and be- and believing in things that you can't necessarily tangibly see or feel, um, which is sort of reflected in the filmmaking. And I think people were bit put off by the lack of uh, like concrete explanations for things, but I actually think that's a, a deliberate, deliberate filmmaking choice, which is, I thought was quite smart and effective. Um, also, another documentary, Notes on Blindness, I really loved. Um, and The Forbidden Room, too, was, was kind of a Guy Madden film, which is this crazy sort of montage of weird, surreal moments. I mean, it's there's no sort of narrative or anything, really. It's just a bombardment of crazy images. But the, the wackiness of it and just the, the old-school... F- sort of silent filmy style for a film buff like me was just hypnotic and amazing. I loved every second of that crazy, crazy film. Um, mm. I think most of the others we've kind of talked about on the podcast, Hateful Eight, Revenant, Hello High Water, mm-hmm. um, Green Room as well, actually. That was pretty high up on my list. Um, and Moana and Zootopia, like you said. Uh, what about you, John? Have you got any honourable mentions you'd like to throw out? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of mine... Um, you know, lap over with yours. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've also got. I'll. 
add some other ones here that I can see on my list. Uh, Don't Breathe, which I only just oh, saw yeah, recently, good, but I thought pick. that... Yeah, that was a, a real highlight. Um, just such a very well-made, um, suspenseful, extremely dark at times, uh, but also kind of funny film. Um, that's just a great all-around horror film. Yeah. Um, we've talked about Wilder People, uh, Moana. Uh, Swiss Army Man is one we haven't talked oh, yeah. about on the podcast. Um, that That's up there for me. I think never really a close contender for being like my favorite or anything, but something I enjoyed a lot um, and was just like probably one of the weirdest movies I saw this year. That's for sure. Um, weirder than you can predict. I think definitely um, the most farts from... in a movie you saw this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. That's right. And bonus. Too, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was a great one. Um, we've, we've, Touched on Arrival uh, briefly. That was, you know, we yep. both love that. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings oh, yeah. is up there yeah. for me. Um, that was really enjoyable. Um, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, I mean, I've got a huge list here. I won't go through everything. Um, Evolution was more of a sort of a festival one that we kind of talked about briefly. Um, I thought that was fantastic. Um, Zootopia, we've gone through. Uh, so there, there was... Um, a short here that you put me on, Matt, uh, and this, I'm pretty sure it was a 2016 release, mm. uh, which is called This House Has People In It. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just saw that on, when I was going through my letterbox and I thought, oh, yeah, that, that's worth bringing up in honorable mentions because it's so bizarre and interesting. And Yeah, creepy. yeah, that's great. Um, and that filmmaker whose name I have forgotten also did unedited footage of a bear, um, which yep. was a fairly well-known viral kind of um uh adult swim short. i think so adult swim yeah um uh yeah so this is his second or third short i believe um and uh yeah that's definitely worth checking out i know you're a big fan of that one yeah. as well matt uh yeah that's kind of it for my honorable mentions um and obviously most of what the films you recommended then i just echo the same kind of thoughts yeah, that's great. I love that you brought up some short films. We should try and do that more often, actually. That's um, something that I feel like is a big hole in my film viewing each year. I don't get oh, to see yeah, many same. short films. Yeah, yep. Uh, before, before we go on, Matt. Yes. Uh, I thought I had a little uh, section here. This is called Meh. <laughs> and uh, right. I've got a few films listed in that. So I'm wondering if they're films that are, I guess, uh, they're not bad mm. uh, or huge disappointments, but ones that left you feeling uh, sort of underwhelmed or um, disappointed. Uh, right. Yeah, that's good. Good question. And um, <laughs> totally not prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh Jesus! Off the top. Well, do you want me to tell you what I? Yes, that would be great, to... and I'll have a I'll have a quick think of um, some of the disappointments of the year, or you know, okay, underwhelming experiences. So what? Yeah, what did you have so on I, your list? I've got um, Finding Dory. Oh uh, yeah, good pick. Which is one I was, you know, we weren't really sure what to think of that, but that was kind of neither here nor there. Um, I have BFG there. I hate yeah. to say. Um, and I also actually have put Rogue One under there as well. I think uh, as time goes on, I think that's perfectly fine movie, but um, ultimately not amazing for me. Yeah. Um, I would agree with all of those picks. Um, I agree with you on Rogue One. That's sort of 
lessening in my uh, view the sort of further I get away from it, which is a bit disappointing. I mean, I still think it's good. I had a good time, mm. but um, yeah, I'd yeah, say yeah. I'd, I'd put that in an underwhelming category for sure. Um, in terms of stuff that I was excited about, um, Night of Cups, which I just watched recently, actually, the new, the most recent Terrence Malick film, I was, was one of my most anticipated films, um, and I was pretty disappointed That's right. by that. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I would probably mention would be uh, High Rise, which was the Ben Wheatley film, which is another one that I was super excited for, which I didn't hate as much as some people seem to, but I think it was a bit of a mess and... Um, mm. pretty underwhelming uh, overall even if it, I think it does have some interesting ideas though they're probably mostly all pulled from the, the source material more so than the filmmaking itself um, but that was a pretty big disappointment for me but uh, other than that I, I would just mirror the ones you said John I think okay we're going to move on to the final little section of our year in review now and that's we're just ditching 2016 see you Put later it in the bin. coming into 2017 now, and uh, what we're sort of looking forward to and perhaps most anticipating, Matt. Um, I guess let, let's... let's uh, I almost ripped my headphones out then. I got so excited. Let's um, let's pick, like, one film. Yep. Uh, just because, you know, there's obviously a big list we could, could go through, yep. and perhaps very briefly we could go through that towards the end. But, um, yeah, what, what would you say your most anticipated film of 2017 is? Sure. Uh... Well, I think there's kind of like one big film that we're both going to be pretty excited about, which is episode eight. Um, yeah. Just given yeah. that we're both big nerdy boys that love Star Wars. Um, yeah. So yeah. perhaps if I just leave that aside and choose something uh-huh. uh, a little bit more interesting, I would uh, say hands down. Actually, this having just said that, I think this is... Pr- I'd probably rate this higher than episode eight. So this is probably okay. my most anticipated film of the easily... And my most yep. anticipated film for a long time, um, and that is Edgar Wright's new film *Baby Driver*, which comes out this year. Ah, um, and yes. I am a massive Edgar Wright fanboy. I've loved every single thing that he's done, and it's been quite a few years now—maybe three or four years, I think. I should probably look that up since um, *World's yeah. End*. Yeah. After he got booted off the Ant-Man film, so there's been a big break between films for him. And it's an original project. It's specifically an action film paired with music about a driver that, you know, has a soundtrack to all his heists, um, which perfectly suits Edgar Wright's style. Like, he's always been a master at kind of melding music and and visuals in really interesting, innovative ways. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is kind of... Everything points to this being awesome. Um, And I absolutely can't wait. So that's easily my most anticipated of the year i'm very very excited for that uh mm. what about you john i think that's a great pick matt um yeah so i'll say um obviously episode eight is a big one but we'll yeah push that to the side um i think i'm in terms of the big releases that that we know are coming out um i'm gonna say uh dunkirk the new yeah. christopher nolan film um I'm really excited for that. I think um, we've had two trailers now for that, which I've watched, um, and they look promising. But what what I'm really excited is that he, you know, obviously there's go- going to be some sprawling epic nature to this, um, which is sort of Christopher Nolan's thing now. But in a way, he's he's pairing it back a little, and this is more of a human story, mm. and this is 
based on a historical um, event and we're getting away from sci-fi and superheroes and fantasy elements and things like that. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in that setting. Um, and I just love his style of filmmaking. So, um, yeah, I'm always excited to see a new Christopher Nolan film. So I think I think that's the one for me. Yeah, that's a really, really great pick. I'm kind of a little bit cautiously optimistic just as there's... I feel like I've had a little bit of World War Two fatigue. Though having said that, there probably hasn't been one for a little while. Um, so yeah, maybe it's time yeah. that something uh, someone makes a really great World War Two film. Um, but you're 100 percent. Anything that Nolan's involved in is super exciting. I can't wait to see what he does. I haven't actually seen any footage or any trailers yet, so I don't even know what to expect in terms of visuals. Mm. But just knowing mm. that it's Nolan is, yeah, always super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. Were there any others just while before we completely wrap up that you'd um, sucked for? Yeah, I think um, on a uh, on a sort of um, popcorn level, I'm I'm very curious about the new King Kong, oh, yeah. uh, Kong Skull Island film, um, which just looks really good. Like it looks like che- good cheesy fun. Mm. I think um, so. I, I'm sort of optimistic about that. Um, uh, Logan, the new Wolverine movie, yep. uh, definitely pumped for that. Um, I'm curious about Transporting 2. Um, Matt, we've both read the Dark Tower books, or most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the new Dark Tower, well, the Dark Tower film comes out this year based on the Stephen King book. Um, I'm curious, although not very optimistic, about Ridley Scott returning to the alien yeah. world. Uh, morbidly curious, I guess, with that one. Um, the new Scorsese film Silence very pumped for that um, Plan- new Planet of the Apes I think oh that's yeah we've awesome. loved both of the previous ones that's a really good pick yeah yeah I'm yeah, really hyped for that um, I'm a big fan of the Stephen King book It uh, so that first chapter of that is coming out this year um, and the Blade Runner sequel is also this year so um, yeah they're the sort of highlights for me looking forward um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure your list will be quite overlapping with a lot of those. Yeah, I sort of can't really add much to that, I don't think. You've sort of hit all the big releases that I'm excited for as well. Um, I am Some of the smaller ones I'm excited for, uh, The Handmaiden, which I know has been released yes. in the States and some other places. I don't know, is it out in Australia yet? I'm not sure. It doesn't come out here until sort of mid-year or April, I think, maybe. Um, so it's a little ways off, but I'm very excited for that. I'm also excited for a small little stop motion film called My Life as a Courgette or My Life as a Zucchini, depending on which uh, territory you're in. Um, that got huge festival buzz when it was here mm. in London, and I think it's played at some other places. And I know some people who've seen it who have said it's very, very good, and I'm a big sucker for stop motion animation. So uh, that's, yeah. that's very exciting. Uh, and, and I guess in terms of... Uh, other sort of big films I am as much I don't know whether I'm genuinely excited for this and we I know we have definitely have Marvel fatigue but I'm very curious about the new Thor film given that it's directed and I don't know if it's written but definitely directed by Taika Waititi who ah, you know following yes, up Hunt for the right. Wilder People my awarded Matt's favourite film of 2016 um, so yes. I, I can look past the Marvel brand and just uh, hope that he's doing something fun and different with that uh, with that franchise. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. 
Coco, which is the new Pixar film, right? That comes out. Yes. Um, oh, yes. I That's think right. at the end of yeah, next year. I think it, it sneaks in in December here at least, um, which is their, yes. the first yep. sort of original one they've done in a little while since Inside Out, I suppose, which um, mm. I'm very excited for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that one. They're great picks, Matt. There's, uh, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, and uh, hopefully less than half of it disappoints yeah. us. <laughs> so uh, I guess to wrap up, what, were your, what are your general thoughts on 2016? Was it a good a good year, a bad year, mixed year? Are you happy with what um, you saw? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a good year, man. Like when, when I was making my little list for this episode, I wrote down so many more good films than I did bad mm. films. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we talked about a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, I think it was a really, really good year for, for film this year. I think perhaps um, there wasn't... Mm, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, like... There wasn't a huge surprise that came out of nowhere, I want to say. Mm. Um, I mean, you could argue in La La Land in a way is kind of like that, but but knowing Damien Chazelle's history, yeah. it's not... You know, I think that, that sort of festival film, that like The Witch or something like that, which we were, which we love experiencing and finding and, and sort of coming out of nowhere, did, for me personally, didn't really happen this year, even though there was a lot of good stuff that we talked about and saw. Um yeah, but but I mean, yeah, awesome, awesome year for film. I think, um, yeah, yeah, I would agree with what that. Are you, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I, I'd also agree in terms of your uh, about there being sort of a lack of a big surprise. I would say in a in a sort of di- slightly different way, films like Ten Cloverfield Lane or Don't Breathe kind of yeah, qualify, that's a good point. Though yep. they're much more mainstreamy and were both very successful there weren't small little films like like the witch or something that kind of came out of nowhere or came out of the festival circuit but they yeah. for sort of studio films they were they both very took true. me by surprise um yeah but yeah overall i think it's been a great year and um i mean i've gushed about it enough already but just la la land in general having that film come out and it's like i said in our little review is probably potentially one of my favorite films of all time um definitely mm. means that it's, it's a good year if a film like that lands. Um, yeah, I think it's, I yep, think it's been sure. good. Yep. Fantastic. Well, we want to thank, uh, I guess, everyone for listening this year. And um, we, we look forward to having good old chats for uh, 2017. And thanks for uh, all your companionship, Matt. <laughs> thank you, John. It's been great. <laughs>